What's good, Trifling Ones family? You know, I've come to realize something. The longer you live, the more likely that somebody you love, somebody you trust, or somebody you thought had your back is going to somehow, some way, disappoint you in a major way. Unfortunately, I'm not exempt from this. In fact, I can remember that as a result of one particular situation and how that thing went down. I really struggled for a while. Because I'm like, this what we doing? Like, is this how we're going to handle this situation? And I felt thoroughly betrayed by this person's behavior and their actions. But the problem is this. If we don't learn how to handle these situations in a healthy way, then we can become unhealthy. So you may ask the question, how do I deal with this type of situation in a healthy way? Well, there's a perfect example of this in Genesis. So hold tight. Because we're going to talk about what do you do when they try you. Coming up next on The Trifling Ones. Before we get into the text, I think it's important that um, we go back a little bit and understand exactly what's happening here. So in Genesis 50, 20, uh, there's a specific situation that's going on. But you may remember that Joseph, back around Genesis chapter 37, uh, was a young brother who was disliked by his brothers and they considered taking him out. I mean, they literally were thinking about killing this young man. Eventually, they decided that they were going to sell him into slavery, however. From there, uh, Joseph is bought by a high-ranking official in Egypt named Potiphar. Uh, In Potiphar's house, Joseph grows and he develops and he grows in favor and he's put in charge of everything in the house. And we're told that the brother gets, he gets handsome, he gets good looking. And Potiphar's wife, the, the man who bought him, his wife starts to pay close attention to him and she checks him out and she invites him to sleep with her. Joseph declines and as a result of him declining her advances, she accuses him of rape. Potiphar is highly upset and he places Joseph in prison. While there, Joseph interprets dreams and eventually Uh, Pharaoh finds out that Joseph is able to interpret dreams and he calls him to interpret uh, some of his dreams. Uh, He successfully does that. Joseph becomes second in command in Egypt. And then eventually he guides the nation through what will be called a difficult time, a time of famine. Uh, I go through all of that because I think it's important to kind of understand his journey. I I skipped a lot. So if you're interested in learning more, uh, read Genesis chapters 37 through 50. But then we get to chapter 50. And Joseph and his brothers have just buried their father, Israel. And this took place in the land of Canaan. And so they're on their way back to Egypt. While they're on their way back, 
His brothers remember back to Genesis 37 how foul they were towards Joseph. They, they start thinking to themselves, man, we, we thought about killing Joseph and we sold him into slavery. And, you know, he forgave us. But what if the only reason why he did that was because dad was still around and, and dad is the only reason uh, why he didn't take us out? Well, now Pops is gone. And how is this thing going to go? So Joseph's brothers, out of fear, they go to him and they beg and plead for mercy. And in turn, Joseph asks this question. He says, am I in the place of God? Meaning, am I the one that's supposed to judge you? But after he asks that question, he says one of the most powerful verses in the Bible that relate to forgiveness, peace, and reconciliation. And that is in Genesis 50, 20. There Joseph says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Let me read that again. He said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. And so there are two things that I'd like to take a look at. Uh, the first of those is the motivations of our adversaries, the motivations of our adversaries. The text that was just read starts with you intended, which speaks to the motivation behind and the reasons why somebody does something. So Joseph's brothers, absolutely beyond the shadow of a doubt, without question, sought to hurt their little brother. It wasn't a mistake and it wasn't an accident. See, we can get past the accidental stuff. So if somebody accidentally steps on our brand new all white Adidas, yeah, I'm about that three stripe life. But then they quickly say, my bad, or I'm sorry. Well, then we may not be happy about the situation, but we're not going to trip like that. But let that same situation play out. And then we introduce bad intentions. I mean, they did it on purpose. Then that thing may go left real quick. So how do we respond when they intend to try to hurt us? When they meant to do it? Because it hurts. Think about it. These were his older brothers. The ones who were supposed to protect him. But their feelings got in the way of their loyalty. You know, Joseph's brothers could see that daddy treated him a little bit better. And so they intended to hurt him. You know, it feels unforgivable when somebody that we trust betrays us. For example, when mama doesn't believe you, when you told her that that man in the family touched you inappropriately, that hurts. When you discover that that person that you've been dating has been calling, texting, DMing, spending time with somebody else, then it hurts. When somebody in church leadership treats, uh, treats us crazy because your clothes aren't the same type that everybody else is wearing because we're not in quote-unquote church attire. All these are difficult situations that can make you want to go back away from family, friends, or even fellowship within the church. Their motivations were to hurt him because of how they felt. 
But on the flip side, the enemy, the devil, another adversary, he understood what Joseph's future looked like. And the enemy could see that if Joseph survives, then he saves many lives during a famine. So as a result, the motivation was to kill that greatness before it even began to come about. So the question is, why are you being tried by others? Why does it seem and feel like the attacks just keep coming? What is motivating our adversary? Well, it's real simple. The adversary is motivated by trying to stop you in your tracks. You know, he has to use those who are closest to you in order to create this, this type of hurt and pain that rivals nothing else. You see, if a random person hurts us, we may not like it and we may even want to fight. Might want to put them out there on social media. But see, there is no hurt like the hurt that comes from somebody that we love. So. If the enemy or the adversary is able to paralyze you through that pain, if you get off track, if the pain slows you down, if it creates depression, if you stop believing, if you think that people are all hopeless, if you stop having faith, well, then it's at that point that you stop living in your purpose. It's at that point that the motivations of the adversary come a become a reality. And your destiny goes off track. So after taking a look at the motivations of our adversaries and adversaries are plural because there are many. Then we got to take a look at the motives of our ally. Ally is singular because we only need one. The motives of our ally. Joseph says, you intended to harm me. But the next part of the text says this. But God. Let me say that again. But God. God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done. The saving of many lives. The motives of our ally are to allow and use the very people who seek to hurt us. To create chaos and confusion in our lives. He uses them to build something of lasting importance. If Joseph had gone from the multicolored coat straight to Pharaoh's palace, then he would have been arrogant and entitled. He would have been the favorite son at the crib. And then he would have transitioned into being the, the person of honor in the kingdom. He would have gone from being the world-renowned dream interpreter to the world-class leader. But then he would have missed some other stuff. See, he had to know what it was like to be an outcast and to be threatened by those closest to him. Joseph had to feel all alone in the pit and have to rely only on the hand of God and the will of God. He had to understand that there are injustices around. And so he had to experience injustice and going into the prison system. He had to be forgotten about in a prison cell to understand the plight of the lonely and the downtrodden. 
He needed to learn humility so that he might show compassion to the incarcerated or the homeless or those with mental health conditions. Those people in society that he may have never encountered otherwise. So be encouraged because you may be in the pit. You may feel like you're in a pit. You might be a slave. You may feel like you're unjustly in a prison cell and like you've been forgotten about. But you got to persevere. Because there's a motive from our ally about it all. There is a but God experience for you. See, we're being equipped to better understand, better respond, better act, better love, better appreciate, better be. There are folks in this world who have all the wrong motivations concerning us. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what they intended. Because God has the final say in the matter. There is an enemy who has peeked into your destiny and he ain't happy about it. And so whether you feel like everything is crashing in based on how people have treated you, you're learning something that's going to give you a level of compassion and understanding that you're going to need where you're going. Just know this. That it doesn't matter what they intended. God intends for it to be all good. Heavenly Father, we come before you now asking first and foremost that you'll heal us. Those of us who've been through some stuff, who've experienced negativity coming from somebody who was important to us or that we cared about or that we loved. Heal our hearts right now, Heavenly Father. Help us, strengthen us to be able to continue to move on no matter how dark it gets. Remind us that you love us and remind us right now that regardless of what it is that we're going through, you have a plan in place for us. Lord, we ask right now that you would allow us not to be derailed from our destiny, but rather to transform us into the person that you would have us to be. We thank you in advance for what you're doing and we thank you in advance for what you're going to do. All these things we ask in your son and our savior, Jesus Christ's name we pray. And all of the trifling ones said, amen.